Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, October 4th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, before we get started on our show proper, we want to wish a very hearty congratulations to Molly Barnett and Chelsea Nachman, who are starting their own public relations firm called Grapevine PR. The pair have handled all of the biggest shows on Broadway during their time at O&M, including Dear Evan Hansen, Kinky Boots, Beautiful, Fun Home, The Normal Heart, Peter and the Starcatcher, and more. The pair will continue to work with DKC slash O&M. It sounds like too many letters. I just yeah. going to go with with that anyway um they'll continue to work with them on dear evan hansen and their firm already has a ridiculous number of a-list talent uh on their roster including tony winners jesse mueller billy porter janine tesori and blair brown as well as the theatrical publicity for cindy lopper and pasik and paul along with the songwriting team of kate kerrigan and brian loudermilk james i've never worked um a lot with molly other than you know being on a couple emails with her but i met chelsea down here for the from broadway with love concert in orlando last summer and she also happens to be one of the funniest follows on twitter so i'm really excited to see see uh, what they do with this new endeavor did you see their uh their email the um i got the yes i got the press release yeah yeah yeah. uh um it was hysterical it was it was uh the subject line was free cookies (laughs) so she knows how to get me to open an email you know it's chelsea yeah (laughs) yep absolutely all right first up in the news uh, Broadway casting news, Orfe to return to Broadway in Pretty Woman. Yes, James, as predicted right here on this very show, the one and only mononymous Orfe will be returning to Broadway in Pretty Woman, the musical, next fall. Orfe will play Kit, a more expensive experienced lady of the night, shall we say, who takes the main character Vivian under her wing. As we've discussed before, the part has been changed a little from the movie version to make her more of a mentor mentor than a contemporary and friend. Orfe will join Samantha Barks and Steve Kazee in the Chicago World premiere production in the spring of next year before the show sets up shop at a Nederlander theater to be named later in the fall. James, it's it's funny. It's been a while since Orfe's been on Broadway. I believe it was Legally Blonde was her last last show but no, there seems really? to be a lot i believe no. i believe it was wow. and a lot of people are super excited that she is finally going to be back she's done tons of other stuff tv movies albums um, and maybe a couple other productions i, I don't want to speak out of turn there but lots of people are super excited to have her back on broadway so you said the mononymous orphane you know what i thought of <laughs> i don't even want to know <laughs> mononymous no 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 Monomous. Oh, that reminds me. No, oh, no. what? That that reminds me. The only good tweet using 280 characters came from the Muppets, and it just was Manamana. Do 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 do. Manamana. Using all 280 characters, I retweeted it. Uh, if you want to find it, it's back in my timeline. It's the only good use of 280 characters <laughs> on Twitter. Oh, that's great. All right, Children of a Lesser God rounds out its cast. Yeah, James, in other Broadway casting news, yesterday the producers of the upcoming Broadway revival of Children of a Lesser God announced additional casting. Joining Joshua Don't Call Me Pacey Jackson and Lauren Ridloff will be Drama Desk winner Keisha Lewis, Julie Curta, Trishel Edmond, and John McGinty. Now, you might recognize that last name in the list there, and we've talked about him before. McGinty is a deaf actor who played... 
or split the role kind of of Quasimodo in a production of Disney's The Hunchback of Notre Dame last year in California. Children of a Lesser God will be directed by Tony winner Kenny Leon, as it was in an out-of-town tryout this past summer. And it will begin playing at Broadway's Studio 54 on March 22nd. In less concrete casting news, James, last night, the one and only The New York Post's Michael Riedel reported that the producers of next year's Broadway musical version of King Kong are currently auditioning women for the lead role of Anne Darrow. Riedel says that they are not seeing any stars for the role as the gigantic two-story gorilla puppet is intended to be the show's lone star. However, they do have a very particular set of requirements for the role. In addition to all of, you know, the normal stuff you want in a Broadway leading lady, like being able to sing and act and presumably dance maybe a little bit, the star to be must be able to scream like Faye Ray in the original 1933 film Eight times a week. Talk about vocal damage. Um, Riedel also has a few more details about the show, including that it is reportedly what will cost $20 million, which honestly, James, when you compare it to something like Spider-Man, that's lower than I actually would have anticipated. Whatever happened to Fay Ray? Oh, nice. You're getting all the great references in here. You're getting a little uh, Rocky Horror reference in there. Well done. So twenty million dollars um, is that twenty million twenty million Australian? <laughs> That's a good point. I don't know what the exchange rate is, <laughs> but uh, twenty million dollars is a lot of money. Even you know, certainly most people have learned their Spider-Man lessons, um, and you know that still twenty million is a big big number unless you know you turn around a. A Hamilton or a, um, you know, a Dear Evan Hansen or some of the other Wicked's type of things. But we'll have to see what happens there. But oh, oh, this is going to lose a lot of money, James. <laughs> I just, I, I'm going out on a limb now. This is going to lose a boat ton of money. Clear. And uh, uh, I'm just saying, <laughs> I could be completely wrong. It's never gotten a good review in its lifetime, and granted, it's been rewritten about 27 dozen times, but. It's still, $20 million seems like less than I would have figured just because you have this gigantic puppet that has animatronics and laser sensors and puppeteers. I would have to imagine they'd also have to have a backup, and I can't imagine it would be cheap either. So, I, you know, I, I just thought it would have been more expensive. I think I could be com- speaking completely out of turn because I didn't look this up because I didn't know we were going to go into this. But I think like Wicked cost $14 million, and that was in twenty, you know, 2003. Um, and to think that this only cost $20 million in 2018 when it opens um i'm a little surprised but i hope i'm completely wrong i hope this turns into a huge gigantic hit and is the next phantom of the opera or cats the next cats you know um i just i just don't see it i just don't see anybody clamoring for a king kong musical beside the spectacle of seeing the puppet Hmm. well um we'll have to see uh next up in the news george went to return to elf Yeah, James, uh, finally in this section, this isn't technically Broadway, but it is the world's most famous arena. So I figured that it would work because yesterday Madison Square Garden announced that George went norm from cheers will return to the role of santa in elf the musical which will play a limited engagement at the theater at madison square garden from december 13th through december 29th of this year other casting including that of buddy the elf will be announced at a later date i know just 
because I know that George Wendt is currently starring in a production of of uh, Death of a Salesman up in Ontario, Canada. So if you got any listeners in the Ontario area and that and that whole gigantic province, maybe look that up and see him before he becomes Santa later this fall. We 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 consistently get in trouble when we talk about geography in Canada. So uh, I think Ontario is g- generic enough for us. Yes, to... exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, they're 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 advertising clients for Broadway World, so I've worked with it closely enough that I know it exists. All right. Uh, next up, Public Theater and the London National Theater partner on Public Acts Initiative. Yeah, James, on Tuesday, New York's Public Theater and London's National Theater announced that they will partner on a community-based initiative, Public Acts, that's inspired by the public successful public works model in which community organizations come together with a handful of theater professionals to do a show in Central Park. Public Acts will be a nationwide initiative in the UK UK, to create extraordinary acts of theater and community. The partnership launches with a new staging of Pericles performed on the National Theater's Olivier stage in August of 2018. The production will be directed by National Theater resident director Emily Lim and will feature a small cast of professional actors together with a large number of non-professional actors who will be cast through their connection with the National's community partner organization. James, we've talked about Public Works for each of the last two years and what a great initiative it is. And I'm really excited to see how it's expanded, not just here to the UK, but there are other communities in the US and internationally doing this as well. But obviously, when you partner with the National Theater, that's about as big as it comes across the pond. So uh, this is really cool. And I'm really excited to see how it's adapted um, and it evolves in other places. You know who I'm really jealous of? Uh, Oscar Eustace. Mm, you know who else I'm really jealous of? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Our friend Rob Johnston. You know why? Oh, why is that? Because I saw him posting these pictures on Facebook today of him and Tina Fey and cheese fries. Ah, uh, you transitioned to the next story. I thought we were still on the public acts thing. Okay. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, yesterday, we told you about this last week. Yesterday, October 3rd, is officially Mean Girls Day. Um, And that's not just from a theater perspective. If you were on the the Twitter all day, there were people talking about Mean Girls Day, even if they had nothing to do with theater. In fact, the beloved 538.com did a Mean Girls story on Mean Girls Day yesterday, (laughs) believe it or not. Did Harry Enten write it? <laughs> I, I would not would not be surprised if Wizkid Harry Enten wrote the uh, Mean Girls article. Um, but yes, yesterday, as we talked about before, there was a huge kind of quasi street festival outside the August Wilson Theater, and then at other parts in New York to celebrate the ticket on sale date for Mean Mean Girls. There were uh, uh, food trucks serving cheese fries, and if you got there at the August Wilson uh, part of the the day, Tina Fey herself, the woman who wrote the movie and who was writing the book for the musical, would serve you cheese fries out of a food truck. Can you believe that? That's unbelievable. The stars of the show were all there taking pictures. They were passing out pink sunglasses. It was quite a thing, James. Um, We've got some pictures and videos uh, in the show notes if you want to check that out, but... Um, I think I've admitted this before on this podcast. I've never seen the full movie of Mean Girls. Like I've seen parts of it, I think, on TV. But believe it or not, on Monday, I signed up for the mailing list. So I got to get, you know, I got the ability to buy tickets on Monday. 
And I bought tickets to, to the show already just on the strength of who's creating it and who's in it. So I'm excited about the show, even though I don't know a ton about Mean Girls. So I think they've got to be doing something right. So if if maybe um, if Tina Fey had written King Kong, you thought it'd be a success? I would think it would have a better chance of being artistically viable <laughs> uh, just because we know, James, just because things are good does not make them commercially successful. That's true. And, and vice versa. And uh, Mean Girls Day had quite the weather. It was beautiful here in New York today uh, so that, that we, we didn't have to worry about the umbrella scenario that we had brought up last week. Uh, and Harry Enten, have you ever seen a picture of Harry Enten? Uh, yes, I, I've seen a couple pictures of him. Why? Because when Harry Enten speaks on the 538 podcast, you think that he looks like Eugene in Greece, mm-hmm. but he more or less looks like John Travolta in Greece, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. The it's, guy who drinks, you know, diet you know, cream soda and diet yeah. Yoo-Hoo and yeah, he, he, yeah. His, his it's a, it's a voice doesn't match. His voice doesn't match his face. <laughs> no. It's good for him, though. He is the whiz kid, after all. He is the whiz kid, Harry Enten, over at 538.com. So check it out. All uh, right. That about wraps it up. So why don't you get us out of here? Phenomenal. All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter at BWW Matt. And subscribe to something like a pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. James, I think we're going to be a little late on Thursday for Thursday's show because we're recording in the morning, correct? Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, yeah. It's in my schedule. That's right. Thursday morning, 7 a.m. There it is. <laughs> awesome. And my name is James Reno from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Rob Johnston, I'm really jealous. In my next life, I'm coming back as you. And uh, we will talk with you on Thursday, as Matt said, a little bit late. But uh, have a great rest of your Wednesday. <laughs> Hmm? <laughs> 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 <laughs>